0: Cup, and you are listening to Recruiting Daily's podcast at Greenhouse's booth at HR Tech, 7116. If you're in the uh, area, please come by. And we're talking to, uh, you know, Alex, Mateo. I was about to call you Matthew. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay, though. That's why I was like, you me I got to look Matt, at it. If so. I don't look at his name badge, he's going to kill me. So <laughs> while we do introductions real, real quick, and then we'll get into some of this stuff. So... Introduce yourself, Alex. What would you say you do here?
1: Uh, here at ATar Tech. Uh, <laughs> no, I walk. A, I walk a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Four got, miles to the casino. <laughs> you got your,
0: you got your steps in.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I'm the CEO and co-founder at JobSync. <laughs> okay. uh, we are an automation platform, sit in between ATSs and the career site and job boards, and publishers that large enterprise companies are using to recruit and find candidates. We help increase their candidate flow. I love it. And Mateo?
2: Yeah, so Mateo, Matt, Matthew, everything works. <laughs> uh, I'm the co-founder and CEO of FEMI. Basically, we help large enterprises hire better frontline workers faster. So we streamline communication from the moment they apply right. till they are hired using text-based tools. OK,
0: OK, OK, OK. So both of y'all been into the space a little while, you know, more than a day or so. So uh, why don't we do this? Your favorite interview qu- candidate, uh, your favorite candidate interview question. So, for instance, it's not a stumper, but like when a candidate asks you a question through your any time in your life where you're like, you know what, that's a great question. It doesn't have to be that they got hired or not. I'm like, I don't care if they got hired. I just, I'm just wondering about the questions that candidates ask that really, really stick with you through life. And, Matteo, I'll start with you.
2: So... Questions that candidates ask us or one the ones candidate. that we don't ask?
0: We have one candidate, one question, just something that stuck with you through life.
2: I to think a bit. So uh, I,
0: I had one yesterday while you're yeah. thinking about it, and uh, the person said, a candidate asked me, how am I successful with you? And so it wasn't about the company, it wasn't about anything else It we're gonna be working with was a hiring manager, they were gonna be working with the hiring manager. Yeah. What they cared about is how do I thrive with you. And not the job, not even the job or any of the other stuff. It's like, how do I thrive with you? And I thought that, yeah, that's
2: that's, that's a pretty cool question. Yeah. So what do you got? I think a good one, it's, I got a candidate that asked me not why we started the company or why I started the company, but why I'm still at the company. Oh, nice. Why after years do you still choose to be at the company?
0: Oh, that's a good question.
2: That's a good one. That's a good
0: question. Right. You're probably asking that of yourself right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: for sure. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> well, uh, I think uh, you know. Not I don't have the specific language of the question, but I'll I'll say any time that a candidate roots into kind of what problems we're struggling to solve, right? Then they're trying to really understand how they can add value right. to our company, right? So, you know, what is the biggest thing that you are struggling with today as a company? Which then, for me in our in our business that's that creates a lot of alignment because like we've fallen in love with the problems that our customer our customers have
0: i love that and if they're curious enough they've been to the website they've got a general idea of what you're trying to do and achieve and stuff like that but then Mm -hmm. they ask you a probative how how is this how is it really like what are they really struggling with and how are you fixing it
1: yeah like anytime a candidate can try to take the position of being my therapist yeah i feel like we're going to we're in the right spot
0: do bill pull out some ink blots (laughs) no (laughs) doubt i see a cloud (laughs) (laughs) all right so how do we get ta because both of y'all deal with a uh, tons of ta leaders how do we get ta to look past the resume or the linkedin profile how do we get them to see in texas we have this phrase i hear what you're not saying right so how do we get them to, mean a resume or a LinkedIn profile is a lot of stated, some of it's implied, but how do we get them to look past all that stuff and find great candidates? So I'll start with you, Alex.
1: You know, uh, I'm going to sh- give a shout out to uh, another another startup kind of making their way, hiring branch, they have the, the best t-shirts in the planet. <laughs> um, that starts with F and then ends with interview. Um, anyway, they, uh, they're creating job simulations Right? Oh, cool. And I think that's really neat, right? They're, so they're they're actually trying to give the candidate an experience uh, that is similar to what they would have, what their life would be like and what the day-to-day would be like in the actual role and position. It's an opt-in,
0: opt-out. Yeah. candidate then can see, yeah, no,
1: not going to do that. Right. Super accelerates a lot of decisions on both sides of both sides of that that conversation. Um, I, I will say that I think there's, you know, the resume has gotten a bad rap. Yep. In that you know there are a lot of people who walk around and go, well, we're going to get rid of the resume. And it's like, what are you getting rid of exactly? You're getting rid of the person's history and their experiences because <laughs> I think that we actually are trying to understand what people's lived experiences are and like what value are they going to be able to bring because they've seen and kind of been down this path before. I mean, you don't need a resume to get a job, you know, at a restaurant when you're 19, bussing tables. Right. You know, I've, that's probably not so necessary, but. Right. You know, in the in the in the actual resume world around trying to articulate what you've done, I just don't understand why it's getting such a bad bad rap. It's like job boards.
0: Job boards, they've been they've been they're talking dead. about the dead of uh, dead. the de- death of job boards. Twenty
1: five years. For sure. And still still get more venture than all the other categories combined, but right. they're definitely dead. hundred percent dead. Resume dead. <laughs> yeah. Dead.
0: The death of the resume. Long
1: dead. long live the dead resume. Turns out.
0: Uh, Mateo, how about yourself?
2: Yeah. I think it's connected to what Alex said about going to the problems. So first question is, which is the problem that you are trying to solve? Right. So I think talent acquisition, it's about a conversation, like yeah. learning about the candidate, the candidate wants to learn about you, and the resume plays a role in that. It plays a stronger role in some positions, in others, as you were discussing, it's not that relevant. So <laughs> before like going beyond or keeping the resume, it's like, okay. Maybe we need to kill the resume for some positions or some relationships, some countries, some, I don't know, situations. But then it's not black or white. It's like, again, what's the problem that we are trying to solve? Is the data at the resume incomplete, inaccurate, because there's no information about that candidate in the work? Okay, let's maybe fix the data there. Or maybe, yes, maybe the resume is creating like a burden, workload. Yeah. something okay maybe let's kill the resume right. so I think we need to go deeper into which are the problems to solve I, I think
1: it. one of the things that, that you know as you were t- kind of describing that, uh, that situation what I'm starting to think about is the coming day of uh, let's say hallucinogenic resumes derived from okay. Gen AI yeah yeah that's right. a yeah, good topic so you, you, you take the job post and you go build me a resume for this job posting well right. you know what ChatGPT is going to make one absolutely awesome resume. Bulletproof. Probably doesn't have any relation to the candidate. So maybe then people will start to disregard resumes. That's right. So if, if, they, if the resume doesn't actually help you Discern whether or not this person is the right fit yeah. for your organization, then the resume's going to go away. Yeah, here's my values,
0: here's the corporate values, here's the job description, here's the LinkedIn profiles of the people that are hiring, here's my LinkedIn profile. Now build me things no. that kind of make all that sense sense it's of all this. It's going to look stuff. awesome. Here's
2: the profile of the recruiter who will be interviewing. I'm going 100%, be reviewing my resume. 100%. Bulletproof.
1: Yeah, bulletproof. The Glassdoor interview. Reviews, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I know what the questions will be, like. I can pre answer them on my resume.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. in trial. <laughs> yeah,
1: here are, the, here are the questions that they ask. I want to go ahead and answer those in
0: my resume so that they don't even have to ask them. Yeah, at that point, everyone's
1: going to be doing the same thing. Everyone's going to be using the same prompts. Now what? Well, but in reality, you'll still get different resumes. You can put the yeah. same prompt in 16 times in ChatGPT and get yeah. completely different stuff. For sure. Right? Like the, the, the creativity is, is endless. Yeah. Still fiction.
0: Still fiction. Still fiction. <laughs> so, still not... So, I want to get your current take on employment gaps or resume gaps. How, we, how you look at them now, maybe, versus how you looked at them pre-pandemic, like do you... I've gotten the spectrum uh, from yesterday. Uh, don't care to... I had a really one that was really interesting, and it was... I look at that as an opportunity. I look at it as an opportunity as other people are going to discount that person because they had that gap. I want to know about that gap. I want to find out about that gap. I want to, first of all, ask consent. Do you, Can you talk? Do you want to talk about that gap? Great. Yeah. But I don't want to dig into it because it might have been something cool. Yeah. It, and But it shows up in uh, LinkedIn as a gap.
1: And uh, so what's your current take on uh, employment gaps? Yeah, I, I think that if, if you're starting to judge somebody because they... Uh, they have this space in between two roles, you should get a different job. Right. Right. <laughs> That's my point of view. Yeah.
0: I told somebody yesterday, I'm like, I'm so cynical that I don't trust people that don't have gaps. Like if you've got a resume for 30, 40 years or whatever the bid is,
1: and you've never had a gap, so, so I don't like know let's, if I let's trust, look at this in I don't an know opposite if I trust way. That. <laughs> yeah, so like and, and also, what does it mean that the end of their relationship with you is going to be like? Right. You're going to find out one day, two weeks' notice, they're out the door, goodbye, Right. Right? right? Whereas, like, if there's a gap, well, like, it ran its course and then they kind of, you know, did did something else. Went
0: to Kilimanjaro, whatever. They did some bits. How
1: awesome would that be? I mean, put that Kilimanjaro hike up on your resume. 100%. You know, I took a month and a half and, you know, ate worms climbing a mountain.
0: (laughs) I went and became a yogi uh,
1: for a year. Done. Like, you know what? Again, those lived experiences.
0: Great. I want to know about that story. Uh, Mateo, what about yourself? What, do you th- what are you currently, when you look at employment gaps?
2: Uh, I think it's like other stuff in the resume. You need to understand how they talk about that. Right. So if I got a gap, I got a, someone missing a quota. It's the same. How do you explain that? What do you say about that? And because that will teach you, at least, I'm looking for how they think. Like, right. We like to work with people that are vulnerable that they can share things that maybe didn't work right. as they wanted, things they are afraid of, because right. that leads to growth. I want people that don't make excuses. Uh, so, like, it's why, how they talk about that. So, the gap is one example. Again, you might be missing a quarterly quotas for a year. I don't care about that. Of course, like, it, it tells you something, but it's more yeah. important how they speak about that, what they learn. And a gap is not something bad at all. So, even getting defensive at a gap, I understand because, as you mentioned, we are discussing this because many people don't consider people that get gaps. So, I understand the defensive nature of people.
0: The perception historically has been they're unemployable. Yeah. That they couldn't get a job. Yeah. That gap was there for a reason. Like, they didn't choose that gap.
2: That
0: gap happened to them.
2: But... As you were saying, like it's an opportunity. You got more candidates to evaluate and then go to first principles. What do you want? What do you care? I love it. All right. Two questions left. One
0: is ghosting. Your current take on candidates ghosting uh, hiring managers and uh, employers and employers and hiring managers ghosting candidates. So I'll start with you, Mateo.
2: we work mainly in the frontline space right so when we talk about ghosting we're talking about candidates not showing up to right. a retail store to a warehouse so i think there are two ends like one is understanding the nature of the frontline worker so first of all like understanding how their job looking process looks like for some workers like getting a job means like literally like eating Right. So you need to understand that speed and our staff makes a difference. So they might be ghosting, first of all, because they got something earlier. Right. But then you need to understand, like the again, where they work at, where they show up, like, which tools they use to try to basically address the right messages. And also, you, you're you talking about sometimes a frontline worker that we need to pay to move to go to the interview. So, like, understanding the context of the ghosting is important. And the same with the hiring manager. you got a hiring manager in the, in the middle of a facility, production facility, without access when to uh, a computer and you're forcing an ATS. So, if they're ghosting you internally because they're not showing availability, uh, again, maybe the problem is, like, giving them the right tools and understanding that they are... Their job It's not interviewing. Their right. job is, like production in the facility. Right. So I get it. It's not an excuse that needs to be solved, like, <laughs> not at all. Right. But I understand a bit why the ghosting happens in hiring managers and recruiters out and out candidates out in that space. So those are my thoughts.
1: I love it. The, the, the one thing I'm just going to build on there is, uh, you know, ghosting is a byproduct of, of prior behaviors. So, you know, there's a thing called the ATS black hole, and it's there for a reason. And collectively, candidates are saying, you all have been treating us like crap, so f off. Right. And yeah. so you know, like it's a it's a reciprocal thing. So I think that's that's a byproduct of what's happening. Okay. And uh, and I, I think on the hiring manager not, side, yeah, when that's happening, yeah. to candidates, I think it's just simply a function of the fact that that people are getting pulled into uh, or pushed to to do 15 hours of work in an eight, eight hour day. It's can, just it just happens. Oh God, and so maybe everybody needs with. to have a little bit more grace in the... In the, in the process and understand it. It just happens. Not necessarily a horror story. This is the last question.
0: But your worst candidate experience, either personally as a candidate for a job or somebody that kind of came through. What was that worst kind of experience? And I'll, I'll give you some time to think about it because...
2: I got I, one. Uh, well, let's go with you then. If you've got one, let's go. I got one on top of mind. Oh, let's bring it. Uh, so... We really care about transparency and building trust with right. our internal team. So we, we start building that trust in the interviews. And um, I thought uh, that we got great trust with a critical candidate that we were hiring, really important position. So we even like this was pre COVID meeting in person all the interviews. I flew to meet him, like he was in Mexico. Uh, So we build trust, and Uh, and again, again, our culture, it's default trust. So I will always assume the positive till I find the opposite. So that's a nicer way of living, I think. Right. And during the conversations, we were at the offer, like he informally accepted. And then strange things started to happen. So first, (laughs) and again, we trusted everything. Yes. So first, like, his washing machine at his apartment exploded. And like apparently destroy his apartment. Okay. So okay. of course like empathy time stuff like that. One thing happened. Got yep. it. Check. I already see that there's a two and a three happening. Then right. like again like we we're going to meet and talk and he had a conversation with one of our investors like he put together like the interview. Did not he didn't show up. Another like excuse like yes. medical excuse. Yes. 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 Third item again like uh, nurture. Yes. He was nurturing us like saying that. Like, he was excited to join. So we were, uh, like, we arranged again this interview. Right. No show up, no answer, text messages, emails. And I saw that he joined like a, co- a company that I know, the, the the team there. Oh my God. So when, when he joined, like I found out nothing was real. That there was no like explosions, there was nothing. So it was like a trivial experience because again, you build trust, you default, and that's a trivial, like it felt really fun. Fa- right. But, and that felt like bad uh, um, I really trusted that person this is the
1: uh the Oprah saying pe- when people tell you who they are listen <laughs> yeah
2: I learned yeah oh no I
1: didn't so my uh my my story is not my story it's uh Leah had a uh, had a person come in for an interview once and the person sitting across the table starts starts talking and she looks at him and she goes, you're not the person I spoke to on the phone, are you? <laughs> no. And he's like, well, yes, yes. And she of goes, course I am. No. No. No, you aren't. And he goes, you're right. So anyway, about the role. And she goes, no. No, I'm sorry. No, this is over. <laughs> this is called fraud. Actually, right now, we just ended. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's <laughs> how good that is a really good one. And both of y'all are dealing
0: with fraud on some level. That's, a, that's an element of fraud. Yeah. yeah thank you sure. both for yeah. coming on the show and, and sharing your wisdom. Absolutely appreciate you. Of course. So, thank, thank you. Him. Thank you very much. And he thanks does. everybody for listening. Until next time. Thank you.